You're listening to Flipping Tables on Sunrise Robot. Find out how you can support us at sunriserobot.net slash support. Hey, welcome to episode 101 of Flipping Tables. I'm one of your hosts, Michael Edwards. And I'm your other host, Shelby Edwards. So David Lyons is out this week. Uh, he just had a new child. So he, he had tweeted Lyons plus plus for his clever little way of indicating a new member of the family. And uh, so he, he won't be on this episode this week. Uh, we wish him the best as he hangs out with his family. And I had no idea what Lions Plus Plus meant. So thanks for having me on Flipping Tables. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so we do have some some great topics this week. But first off, a little bit of follow-up. Uh, last week, I had kind of poo-pooed cheaper mic stands and like, because, you know, I'm rationalizing our purchase of a $100 boom arm, which <laughs> oh, I've started no. using more. Okay. I want to let you know. Um, <laughs> um And I... I I'll update to say that, you know, I don't mean to say you have to spend a lot of money on everything. In fact, there's plenty of times where spending more money will get you nothing more except wasted money. Sure. Um, and we actually, me and Matt talked about this on the next bits and pieces for a, a whole segment about, you know, which categories is it like, no, don't buy the expensive one. And other times where it's like, yeah, it's worth it. Don't buy the cheap stuff. And uh, it's kind of, you know, you could have that conversation about every single thing in life and the answer might be different. Yeah. <laughs> I look forward to hearing that. And I think that'll relate to some of the topics we have today because uh, price is going to come up in a lot of weird technology things. It really things. is. Um, so this week uh, we had the Consumer Electronics Show, which uh, for for geeks and nerds is kind of a strange time because it's it's not quite like a, an Apple or Google keynote where you're just you're just pure excited. It's kind of like, all right, a bunch of weird stuff's going to happen, <laughs> and uh, we we definitely had some weird products and some ones I, I wanted to talk about, and especially uh, with having you as a guest on the show, Shelby. Yeah. Um, to get a non-techie, <laughs> someone who doesn't describe themselves as like obsessed with gadgets and stuff. Correct. Um, and maybe get some contrast to the things we usually focus on. So okay. first up was were these uh, Braggy smart earphones. They're called the Dash by Braggy. And uh, I, I think it's Braggy, Braggy. Uh, let's go with Braggy. Braggy. Because <laughs> all of that sounds really stupid. <laughs> um, so these are smart earphones. And uh, so they... What makes them smart? Well, they're Bluetooth, but that's not the only thing because there's there's been Bluetooth headphones for a while now. Um, you've seen jerks that talk too loudly in public places and make <laughs> you think they're crazy before you realize that you're just, they're just jerks. Um, but what makes these smart is they have four gigs of storage on board, so you can sync music to them. So you don't need another device to listen to music. You can just put these in your ears and then listen. Um, they've got a touch sensitive, so there's no buttons. You swipe and tap, and there's different controls on each side. So the left side might control one part of the system, and the right side will do another. Um, People won't look crazy at all doing that. Just <laughs> look like Star Trek earpieces. Yeah. <laughs> um, they're noise canceling. So if you are on a plane and you don't want to hear the roar of the plane and the annoying kid behind you, you can turn yeah, that on. That's awesome. That's a really cool feature. Um, and it, usually when you get noise canceling headphones these days, they're kind of big. There's big the cans mm -hmm. you got to put on. But for something you could go running in, well, you probably don't want to noise cancel the world when you're running because you, you might die. <laughs> um, 
And then uh, it does fitness tracking. So somehow it picks up a heartbeat and, and breathing, I think, and so a few of these metrics, which is going to be a trend this episode is literally everything is now tracking. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> And lastly, the, the, these things are waterproof up to one meter. So you, you drop these in, in the, I don't know, the bathtub, <laughs> you're fine. Um, Go swimming, you're fine. Yeah. I don't see myself swimming with headphones. but I, It is a huge appeal to me. <laughs> so would you buy these? So th- th- these come for the price of $300. Yeah. Um, I have... A couple questions, but my initial reaction upon watching two of the four like marketing videos on their website was give me. Yeah. Like I want these. <laughs> so there's something there. There's definitely an appeal. Um a couple of my questions first. So are there other headphones that are like this? Nothing that's put all these things together like this. And okay. I think especially the ability to be standalone, like you know, if you want to go running and track your your distance and, and all that stuff, like you got to have a watch or a phone or something doing it. Right. And this, you could literally just say, "I'm listening to music," and these are also doing everything else. Right. So I think that that's pretty cool. Um, and then the other question I had was just um, the battery life. So it seems like uh, their marketing or you know from their site has said that. The, it's a it's about three hours to play music and do all the fitness tracking. What are like typical for Bluetooth? Just like plain Bluetooth headphones. Do you I, know? I don't like, know how that, that compares. I, f- I feel like that's got to be worse than yeah. the typical because it doesn't seem like a lot, but it's enough for maybe the average person's workout. Yeah, for if you want to do marathon the tracking, training, these aren't going to do it. No, they're going to make it like. Hopefully, <laughs> most of the way. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, my initial reaction was definitely these look really cool. Um, as people who've recently uh, joined a rec center for fitness and and looking to be doing that a lot, like noise canceling to get rid of the treadmill noise uh, sounds awesome. And everyone else is just general fitness center noises. Yeah, just the, the whirring <laughs> of machines. Yeah, um, that is pretty appealing. Um, I actually love the waterproof, like do I love swimming laps and, and doing that just like without having a swim team or other motivations behind you and just doing it as an individual person for fitness, like it gets really boring, which is why I listen to music or podcasts when I run. Cause to me, that's really boring and swimming's the same. So being able to listen to a podcast or music would help me pass the time faster instead of like doing four laps and and then quitting because you know you're bored yeah um the 300 dollars is just kind of like it seems pretty crazy and i mean neither of us have bluetooth headphones just generic plain bluetooth headphones because we feel like the quality ones are a little too expensive because what beats come in at over a hundred at least at least two hundred and for the wireless ones I think they're three hundred. Right. It depends that but yeah, they're so, up I mean, there. To me though, that price is then comparable that these braggy dash yeah, they're, are they're pretty priced, well priced. They're premium priced. Um but but yeah it's so it's two ninety nine you want them. <laughs> and then there's the the twenty dollar what I call safety cord. <laughs> so basically three hundred and twenty dollars uh for a little cord that wraps behind your head yeah. to connect them. So there you think you'd wear the safety cord? I in some situations I do at least to like try it out. I mean, picture you're swimming 
and one of them falls out and then you're just like you have no hope of <laughs> yeah yeah it's gonna go below a meter which it'll probably you know the way they have to rate these things it'll probably be fine yeah but they just can't promise but if it's connected to a little strap you might be able to catch it quicker if they fall out or if the other one stays in i, yeah. I would see it like testing it out for a couple of weeks to make sure they really fit in your ear yeah well, they, that's the other thing. They sell different sizes, so mm-hmm. that's a must. Yeah. Really. I definitely love the noise cancellation with the earbud style versus the huge can thing because yeah. I hate those. Well, you just, they, they don't fit in any bag comfortably. They just kind of dominate yeah. everything. Yeah. So I'm interested. We'll see if I can convince you to buy these for me. What? I want them. Oh, wait. Actually, and we couldn't possibly share. Gross. <laughs> Well, actually, what I kind of hope is so. The weirdest thing to me about it is the four gigs onboard storage. Yeah, because I mean, I, I get it if you want to run with these alone or by itself. Yeah, but it's like, am I gonna man? Like, I'm gonna drag files over to my earphones. That's yeah. that's something I'm gonna give up on pretty quickly and never I update. Guess. You could do it once. Like, here are my favorite workout songs. Right, and then never update. If you had like maybe. a general playlist, how much would like four gigs hold in terms of like an hour long podcast or well a po- workout of an hour long music? Podcasts are easier because they're compressed because they're just voices, so they can okay. shrink them way down. Okay, um, it's you know normal music. It's like eight hundred to maybe a thousand songs, depending on. Oh, that's plenty. Okay. Yeah. That's how Apple always said it for the iPods. Okay. Four gigs was a thousand. Well, they used to say five gigs was a thousand. They oh, changed their tune. Interesting. Anyway. Yeah, I'm intrigued. I mean, I I don't know about the fitness tracking stuff, honestly. It's more like the other aspects of it that are exciting to me. Yeah. So that was actually one of the least weird products. And actually the the <laughs> the, 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 the braggy dash was uh it actually was shown a year ago, and it was way rougher, way more like, oh. ooh. I just I read an article about it that they, they actually cleaned it up and made it um, like this is the final product now. Yeah, it looked, I mean, you could you could order them and buy them now with expected shipping of January 2016. So yeah. it looks like this is out the door ready. <laughs> we'll see. Um, so <laughs> I need to look up what these things are actually called and not just what Conan O'Brien called them, but... Um, <laughs> Among the weirder products is a, a smart bra. Um, well, let me find it. It's the Ombra. Yes. O-M-B-R-A. <laughs> and uh, which uh, Conan O'Brien called them the titbit. <laughs> and uh, basically it's a, a smart bra that will track your heart rate and your breathing. And it's 150 bucks. And I think it's insane yeah. to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate that you are asking a female about this product <laughs> that is for female athletes. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, to me, it's weird only because I have a watch that does all of this and I don't have to worry about washing my watch or making sure that it is clean and dry. And I have the tracking little box inside of it before I head out the door. I just put on my watch. Yeah. Um, initially the price tag of 150 was like outrageous to me. And then I, I thought about it for a moment (laughs) Um, and like if you're doing very low impact fitness and you are of average female size, um, the price you would spend on a sports bra could be minimal. I mean, it could be 30 bucks or something like that. 
um, for high intensity workouts, good quality sports bras that will last a long time and that fit you perfectly could range anywhere from 50 to probably $150. Yikes. So the price tag for me actually isn't that outrageous because of the fitness tracking that's involved. I mean, I've probably um, spent around $80 yeah. on like really good quality sports bras. So do you think fitness tracking is kind of like this generation's put a camera on it? Like it, it used <laughs> to be like, well, I have a digital camera. Why do you need to put a crappy one on my phone? Yeah. Just kidding. Please let me do that. And now just kidding. I'm only using the one on my phone. Um, and now it's hard to find a tech device that doesn't, can't take pictures is that now yeah. like it's hard to it's going to be hard to find anything that you wear that doesn't also have a way to tell you if you're healthy or not right i think that's a really interesting question and i mean i think with the camera i probably had a similar reaction and now pretty s- singularly use my iphone as a camera unless you're taking really good photos and then I tell you to get out our good camera. (laughs) Um, But I also, I don't know that you need multiple, like how many things could you wear in a day that would track your fitness? You really just need one. And do you want all these conflicting data sources and is the software smart enough to not be like, you had 50,000 steps today and you're like, no, I didn't. No, yeah. I think that's what confuses me is that like, I want one product that's really great that will track everything that you can wear every day. So is a wrist thing probably the most likely to get that? Or or are my dreams of a pendant going to happen? Oh my gosh, please (laughs) stop with these stupid pendants. (laughs) Um, I am hopeful that the watch that I wear every day is what's going to... Be the stable. Be the stable (laughs) thing that, that tracks... Um, maybe like a jail style, like anklet <laughs> <laughs> monitoring device. I mean, the only thing that I can think of that, like I appreciate would be like sleep tracking because I don't wear my watch when I sleep because that's when, it, that's when it charges. <laughs> um, so I don't really get sleep health data, um, It should be like a companion bracelet that you put on just when you charge your watch. (laughs) You charge that during the day and and all it does is talk. It has no screen. It just talks to the watch and tells it about your sleep. I think you're on to something. I don't see myself wanting to like put on something else. I mean, when I used a Fitbit, I would wear wear it. I wore it when I slept for the the sleep tracking that it did um, because you could charge it a little bit quicker. And not you didn't have to charge it as yeah. frequently. But well, I wonder if the charging will get fast enough that instead of charging when you sleep, well, first off, the watch is too big for me to sleep with it on. Yeah, I, I know some people might be weirder and they can sleep with a huge watch on. Yeah, I hate it. Um, so if they solve that, which it's dangerous asking Apple to make things thinner because <laughs> they'll do it, um, then your charge time would be. I charge it when I'm in the shower and that's enough to get it through a day. Yeah. But see, I mean, I think even based on this conversation, the problem that we actually are looking to solve is to have the one piece just be improved versus having three to four or five different things that track your health data. So I don't even know with the headphones that I want that tracking. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Like, tell me about my ear canal health. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean... 
But that seems to be the way it's going, is there's going to be a mesh of stuff all doing it, and you need software that's smart enough to not Connect make mistakes. Them all. Yeah. So that it's okay you're charging your watch. I got you covered with your, your smart underwear and your, yeah. your smart socks. Yeah. I think that's it's got to all be connected and, and be a smooth thing. I am not going to sit I don't and combine think about eight it. devices' data into one usable database. No, then that's actually a great segue to our, our next topic, but namely, uh, don't f- ask the user to be <laughs> doing a lot. Yeah. You need to be doing lots on behalf of the user in yeah. a smart way. And, uh, and that's with this app I discovered the other day called Lark. And it's a, it's, they bill it as like your personal weight loss coach, which is one of my goals in the new year. You know, everyone in January is always yes. making goals. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm actually making changes to how I eat and, and live. That's true. Um, and, uh, so Lark is an app and it's, you know, it's an iPhone app, but it also goes to the, the Apple watch and, uh, it's a different from any fitness app I've tried. There might have been someone else that tried something like this, but it's interesting to me on two levels. Number one, because um, of its uh, in this category of wearables and stuff that we've been talking about today, mm-hmm. but also the way the app is just as a piece of software. Mm-hmm. Like even if it wasn't a weight training app and it was just another app, I think it would be interesting to talk about. So number one is that it's a conversational app. Yeah. So the main screen of this app is not... A bunch of buttons to do things. No. It's not like enter food, enter sleep, enter, you know, any of that. It's, it almost looks like iMessage. Yeah, it just looks like a, it looks like a chat log. (laughs) And that's it. And there's buttons at the bottom, but you're kind of not meant to need them. Yeah. And so when you open the app, it starts talking to you. It says, Hey, how's it going today? Did you have anything for breakfast? Yeah. And it gives you two options yes or no. I skipped it. Mm hmm. And it just kind of talks to you and it keeps these very short conversations. You, you wouldn't sit and spend hours talking to Lark. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, you just have these little short conversations. It asks you something about you that you did recently. And then it kind of gives you a little piece of advice like, hey, maybe next time, you know, lay off the, the soda. It's, you know, given your goals that you set up when you started this app, those aren't going to help you reach your goal. But it's like a very light way to you're never you're never entering calories or yeah. amounts or describing in intense detail every little piece you added to your salad. Yeah. And I kinda love it because I'm not the kind of person <laughs> that is best intentions aside, I'm never gonna be diligent about a spreadsheet app of logging what I do. Right. To to me it's very um it's very simple in what it's doing in terms of like what it's tracking it's not tracking amount it's not technically even tracking the quality of the food you're eating it is tracking like the very basics of your meal and then giving you like stoplight colors is this like red yellow or green in terms of this was a bad meal this was a neutral okay meal and this was a good meal and it's really just showing you that trend data um and not even in a detailed way. You can just yeah. basically look at the week and see three dots per day and what color they are. It's yeah. like that Seinfeld um, changing a habit. Oh, like, the putting the X that you practice today. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Seeing a calendar full of X's. It really, to me, um, because I've used more intricate health tracking apps where a lot of data goes in and a lot of data comes out. Um, this is more about changing your habits and seeing those habits in a clear way. Yeah, and so you know, it'll notify me if I, you know, if I go about half a day without going to the Lark app. It'll be like, 
hey, you want to, you know, want to do a little update, a little, little meeting, a little mm-hmm. get together? <laughs> and uh, you can do this from the watch because it's so simple. It just, it'll ask you questions and give you simple answer options. Yeah. And, I don't know, I just found that compelling because it's not trying to be complex. And I yeah. get it, there's there's athletes or there's people that are inclined to be more detailed. They need way more data. They're going to find this app and be like, that's like for kids or something. Yeah. And I'm like, no, any barrier to entry is going to make me quit. This is way more accessible to me. Yeah. I like, so it does... Um it does meal tracking and then also activity and it helps you look at your average and where your your day is stacking up to your daily average or your weekly average and then it also does sleep which i think in a very simple way of the last time you used your phone and the first time you use <laughs> yeah. your phone which is incredibly accurate it's actually a very good measure of um, when i'm sleeping and that i mean and that shows really simply as well with just a stacked bar graph and it just adds a day each time and shows you when those hours were. And it lets you adjust things a little bit. Um, but yeah, it's. I think it's a really cool, simple app for showing those trends so you can make good habit changes. Yeah. <laughs> um, the conversational is interesting to me. I mean, the other day I opened it up and I wanted to add lunch and breakfast because I had forgotten. And the way the conversational... Um, element works, it only kind of let me add lunch because I came in after lunchtime and it said, you know, oh, hey, it looks like it's mid-afternoon. Did you eat lunch today? What did you eat? Do you want to add that? And you can't really initiate conversation with it. And so it it keeps it very simple. You can go back and just type that in, um, which I was able to do. So I wanted to have all the dots for that day to know. but I, I appreciate how conversational it is, and then it kind of shuts it down. Like, okay, that's all we got. I gave you two tips. Yeah. I tracked your meal. And Have a nice day. See ya. Great. <laughs> and mine even explicitly said something like, you notice I didn't ask you about breakfast. I'm only going to ask you about the most recent meal because mm-hmm. that's the way this app is. I'm about the trends and not not about perfect logging. Um, and I kind of appreciate that too, like... I'll go fill it in if I really want to, but let's just move on. And yeah. it even joked one, because I had a night this week where I honestly only got three hours of sleep. Yeah. And the Lark was like, do you want to talk about sleep last night? And one of the <laughs> buttons was like, let's not talk about it. <laughs> it, it does. It has like kind of a, a nice sense of humor built into it. I think one of the, um, this morning it was asking, it was saying, you know, oh, you haven't really gotten as much activity as you normally do because it's a weekend and I slept in and so I wasn't up three hours earlier like I normally am um and it and I think the options were um like yes something's off or like no let's move on (laughs) (laughs) like nope this is this is normal this is what's happening today don't ask me about it (laughs) and it does seem really geared towards like figuring out what the status quo is and getting you to move from where you are not Mm -hmm. where some mythical idea of what you should be is right and it's like you got to start where you are and here's your trend line of where you actually are now let's just bump it up yeah and you know it's pretty eye-opening to see like first you're like yay i did half hour of walking today and then the app's like you know you spent 98 percent of your day sitting down and you're like no. <laughs> um, but this kind of you know enough about lark but more about kind of the way lark is doing what it's doing yeah i kind of brought up the question to me of 
this whole idea of bots and conversational UIs, it seems like if there's anyone, if there's any big trend that's being predicted for 2016, it's the rise of bot interfaces and bot UIs and, you know, having these, you know, they're not self, they're not actually conscious, but they're like dumb AIs that you can talk to conversationally to do things. And, you know, will people, Adopt these in force, and like, could this have huge impact on like Google searches? Like, mm-hmm. would you not really have the? And there's nothing to say Google couldn't make Google search a bot at some point, right? But you know, right now it's kind of up to you to decide what to type into that box. Yeah, and um, <laughs> a, 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 a you know, a relatively smart bot AI you could talk to and be like, well, I'm looking for a car, and I don't know exactly what I want and like kind of go through a process Uh and then it would go and find options for you and kind of do that work for you. Yeah. Um, I mean, I initially joked with you, why do I need a bot when I can just ask you to look these things up for me? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I know that in response to that, you would send me that, let me Google this for you website. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think... I don't know. I mean, I think one of the examples when we had been talking about this was travel. Um, to me, that is the most practical use in my like daily life or monthly life that would be nice. And I think you're seeing that with like general websites, right? Like you have the websites that aggregate all of the hotel information or kayak that does all the flights and bookings, whatever it does. But if I could go in to a bot and say, I want to fly either Friday or Saturday. I want to go to this place. I need two seats and I want to come back one of these three days, depending on price. And I don't want to click through a bunch of menus yeah. Skip a bunch of ads and dodge the overlay. Like, right. Just let me, just go find that. Even better if this bot could associate price with the actual price of a plane ticket that includes seating upgrades, carrying on baggage, and all of that, <laughs> yeah. instead of what I get on Kayak or another similar site that gives me the base price, and then I have to go to the other organization's website. See how much their bags and cost. And then I have to add all of those fees in. Um I think you I could see that. You keep a spreadsheet, but then they change the prices. And you, I know. I mean, I think a bot for travel is would be really helpful or restaurants. Um, but specifically in bot form, because right now we have, you know, the websites are okay. Websites are great, yeah. I mean, Yelp does a lot of this but for imagine, restaurants. But imagine, so the we might have industry-specific examples of this, but yeah. who's going to nail the bot that crosses boundaries that does oh, all these that things. that just does everything so for Facebook one. is piloting this. in Cal- There's like a small pe- set of special people in California that get to play with this. Oh. And I think there's other companies working on it that aren't talking as much yet. But um, one bot that you Got could it. send to get hotels or, you know, yeah. well, what's it cost on a bus? Well, what if I want to ride a boat? What if, yeah. just kidding, I want a laptop. Can you help me find one that so does it's, this? It's not like every place is creating their own, but there's one bot that you use for any type of yeah. need. And so instead of you initiating every search and doing a lot of legwork, it's yeah, it's your virtual butler. Like, hey, yeah, uh, you know, you, are we like slowly getting into her territory? I, that's what I think. <laughs> you know, it's obviously her is like a fantastical super um, version of this, but yeah. um, basically, yeah, like 
and will that lower the friction to to people doing things? And I think mm-hmm. just given your your joke about let me Google this for you, <laughs> that still happens constantly in workplaces. Um, I, in one of my earlier jobs, I had a more of a customer service role. I would interact with faculty and teachers a lot, and there was a lot of times when they would ask me a question that was basically, "I don't know. I'm going to go ask Google." Yeah, and like, well, a bot can ask Google. You don't need me. I can do more interesting work. Let the bot do it. And, you know, customer service functions, you know, it's kind of the the sad part is a lot of those jobs may not need to exist. Yeah, this is basically robots taking over the world, right? Yeah. But it's a very practical, (laughs) a very, you know, it's, it's less controversial than robots taking over like teaching or something. Sure. Which I still think should happen. <laughs> but and I think it will happen, but okay. it's harder to get regular public people to yeah. agree to that. I'll save that for a day when I'm not on flipping tables. <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah, I, I like should Google be worried? Should Google be working on this too? I think so. I mean, quite frankly, if they're not already, that's concerning to me. Um, I mean, the tech industry giants and startup innovative companies are the ones that should be looking three to five to 10 years ahead. I mean, what yeah. like in interviews all the time, Tim Cook says, the moment we release a product, it means we've already been working on its replacement for so many years. Yeah. You know, so I think if Google wants to remain ahead of... Search, then they should be on stuff like and this. And really, that you know, all of Google's entire universe is centered on the fact that they are good at that. Yeah. And so, you know, Gmail when it came out was like the best email for searching through your email. Like, right. Right. Obviously. Yeah. And it's still one of the best ways to do email, but it, I feel like it's less of a big deal now if you want to use other yeah. stuff. But I think they still have like the the general market of like people don't say, "Oh, let me search the internet." For yeah, you, they've Kleenexed it. People say, "Oh, why don't you Google that?" Even if you're using some other type of search, yeah. um, so it would seem natural to me that if they came out with a bot like this, I would be like, "Oh, right, okay, makes sense." So, when will this happen? Do you think in the next year oh, we'll no. have a Google bot? I don't know. I'm so bad at guessing stuff like this. <laughs> but especially in a, a world where people do, I think. I, I need to look up the stats. I think the, for the first time, the majority of Christmas shopping happened on a mobile device. Really? Or there was some significant milestone of online or mobile of online versus... mobile purchasing. Yeah, and that um, I believe it. That's where a bot makes tons of sense to me. Of like, I I'm not gonna go through a complex website. I need something smart, some smart layer to interpret my request and go find it. Yep. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, like, what do you, how you think it's next year? Do you think you see the first kind of variations of this next year, two years? I don't know when it'll happen, but I think it will, it will happen and it'll be very popular. Once, once someone does it well, it's going to be like, it's going to be like when the iPhone came out and suddenly every phone looks like that. It's going to be like suddenly, the companies that don't have a bot, you're like, I have to like call and go through a number tree to already having to call people. Um. All right, I'll start preparing myself for change and being open to it. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's an, another way to phrase it. it. Used to be, does your company have a website? Yep. Then it was, does your company have an app? Yeah. And how long till it's does your company have a bot? 
It is. I mean, I do look at like, can I interact with this company via chat or do I have to call them or do I have to go to a physical store? Yeah. Like those are kind of the things you had, you'd work through. So, and I guess I just keep things keeps popping into my head about where this could go and who who's going <laughs> to own it. Like specifically, yeah. like seems like Google and Facebook are going to be front runners to like yeah. kind of own this. But um, the, the kind of dark horse to me is Slack. Yeah, because Slack, you know, right now it's pretty techy and geeky, but it's taking over business. Like it's, it's kind of sweeping through the business. Like any organizations, yeah, are starting to realize the power of a really good chat platform. Yeah. Um, yeah, Slack and is awesome. Guess what's built in and is everyone's first experience with Slack <laughs> is Slackbot. It's true. And like at at its foundation, Slack is built to be added to and built upon and interfaced with. Yeah. And so, what if Slack becomes the conversation layer of the world? <laughs> I'm okay with that. I love Slack. Yeah. All right. Maybe enough about that for now, or maybe <laughs> I'll, I'll see if Lions has some weird angle to take yeah, it next week. Probably. But I, I'm kind of excited right now. Like it sounds, it just seems fun to have like a new, <laughs> a new way of computing on the horizon. It's like it's not new, but it's new in its scope and effect. Yeah, yeah definitely. And I'll throw a link in the show notes uh, to a, a Verge article that actually kind of talked about this conversational UI future. Okay. You can find those show notes at sunriserobot.net/slash/flippingtable/slash/101. Um, but we do have uh, at least one other major topic today. Yes. And this is uh, because with you know my wife, Shelby, a special <laughs> guest on this week, I thought you know, should have one topic that can really throw to you and see, <laughs> see your comments. Something that I know about a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and that is uh, for a couple of years. Has it been a couple of years? Is it fair to say at least a year? You've used the Microsoft Surface. I think it was a year. For it's a Surface Pro three, yeah, and with the type cover and uh, yep, this, it comes with the stylus and, and everything, and uh, use that for for work reasons. Mm-hmm. And uh, even though we we bought it for ourselves, it wasn't like your your workplace right. furnished you with a Surface, right? Um, and then recently we we kind of switched. Like you'd used a MacBook for a long time, and we kind of went back. Yeah, we we got one of the new super slim MacBooks in all of its wonderful glory. And so, can you just? Take <laughs> Take us through this story, and it's you know it's not about bashing Microsoft sure, or loving no. Apple, but you know what what are the nuances to this story? What what's going on? <laughs> sure. Oh man. Um, yeah. So I had I mean I had had MacBooks all through kind of grad school, and then um, with the job that I have, I have a, a like. The setup that we have at work is a laptop that has a docking station and goes to like a big display in our office. Um, and so I had decided to sell the old MacBook that I had been using um, and just use what the work setup was. Um, but a lot of my job uh, for half of the year, I am at like public meetings and hearings where um, I need to take a lot of notes and I need really great battery li- battery life. I've tried, I don't even know how many times to go all computer-based notes and stuff, but I really love handwriting. Um, It's like the repetition of that for some reason is how I learn. And so to me, that and the fact that everything work life is on like some sort of Microsoft... Yeah. (laughs) uh, uh, What's the word? Product? Office 365. Office 365. Almost everything I do is in Word, Excel... Just generally, just Microsoft. It's a fact of life for your work life. It's just a fact of life that will never change. I don't. I don't even like think about it as something that needs to. It's just 
how things yeah. work. And so you had shown me about the surface and we went and kind of tested them and it just seemed really great. Um, so I got one of those personally to use for work life and the things I loved about it, I love that I could handwrite notes. Um, I used one night, one note, oh my <laughs> one goodness. night, the one night, <laughs> <laughs> one night, um, I used one note a lot and that incorporated notes that I would type and notes that I would handwrite. I love the touch screen. Um, and it just, it integrated so well with work life. There are also some things that I don't like about <laughs> it. <laughs> um, so I didn't like the, and, and to be honest, the main reason that I decided to switch back to a MacBook um, or just kind of a laptop in general is that the surface is not a laptop. Um, a lot of my, I would say from January to May, at least 60 to 75% of my time is spent in a location where I need to take fast, near verbatim notes without a desk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, specific so criteria. Very specific. And I realize that doesn't fit everyone and lucky all of you. Um, <laughs> but because I am generally considered short, um, I don't have a lot of We took lap. a poll and <laughs> people took, said you were short. We took a, sh- <laughs> we took a survey and 5.3 apparently is short. <laughs> I don't have a lot of lap surface to have like the surface needs its kickstand up and then the keyboard out and to comfortably it's a deep product when you use it that way. <laughs> yeah, like to comfortably do that for hours just it just wasn't working. And so that was the main thing that started getting me kind of upset with it. Um it's also it is a little bit laggy. I was having some kind of just impatient which blows my mind because it's it's for the some geeky speak for a second it's an i5 it had plenty of ram it's an ssd like it's got components that should be fast yeah yeah and i mean it i think in every way it is um no one that knows me would describe me as a patient person (laughs) if you another poll if you had to pick like the top 25 words you would use to describe me patient isn't one of them so like just the keyboard connecting and reconnecting and Entering and exiting like tablet mode to desktop mode was a little bit hard to navigate after just being so kind of Mac focused for so many years. Um, so yeah, can you yeah. talk about that for a second too? Like the the hype, like that's its big pitch as a product is don't choose a tablet or a laptop. I can do everything. Yeah. Does it does it deliver on that? I did, don't... did you use it as a tablet? I guess is the way I would ask it. Sure. Um, there are a lot of times I use it as a tablet, which is when I was handwriting notes. Um, the, Hulu. Uh, Hulu <laughs> a lot. A lot of Hulu um, after work hours. And then in work, actually kind of, I'm sure this is not how it was meant to be used at all, but um, I am a big fan of Inbox Zero on my work email. And so at the end of a week, I always had time to clean out my my inbox or flag things. And the easiest way to do that was honestly in tablet mode with the stylus. (laughs) So like dragging things with the stylus, marking them, sorting them into the folders, whatever. So we we must be kind of the same person in some level, (laughs) which, you know, there's a little difference here, but I talked on a recent Flipping Tables about how um, we were talking about email clients. I was talking about like, in most ways, email is not better on a mobile device, 
But one way it is definitely better is swiping to like clean things up and oh yeah, done, not done, done, flat. Sure. Like that's like tactile, awesome. Yeah, that <laughs> is that is a little because I of course have a really terribly personalized folder system in my email. I can't just do the swipe um, yeah. because it won't go to the. It'll just archive or whatever. You want to know? Here's all the. Category X emails yep. in one place. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, I mean, I did like it in tablet mode, but it was just kind of this constant, if you held it in the wrong way, it would think you were going into tablet mode or... Yeah. Um, it, you, you were too aware that it was a computer yeah. still. Yes, yeah. So I don't... And it clearly, like, it doesn't replace a laptop for me in the sense that it just... You can't it, put it on your lap. <laughs> I can't. And and I have a lot of colleagues that actually like their whole office uses these. They're in the same meetings that I am and they use it really well and they're fine with it. And it just didn't work for me. Yeah. So you're not, you, why won't you make just a universal statement for everyone on this? <laughs> <laughs> um, so we, uh, we, we saw an amazing deal at Best Buy and yeah. since uh, I, I not to praise myself, but just to spoil you for Christmas, <laughs> um, went ahead and, and got you the new MacBook One. It's really just called the MacBook, but people jokingly call it the One because it <laughs> only has one USB port, and that serves as both both the way it charges. Yeah. And if you ever need to hook in any peripherals, well, pick one, charging or peripheral, because you don't it's get true. two. Yeah. And it has a headphone port, but no one cares about that. Oh, I care. <laughs> I mean, people use it, but you know, when describing the product, it's the one port, right? And no one's like, "Well, it has a headphone port," right? Right. That's um, fair. So, talk about it. Was you know, how is this MacBook <laughs> solving the problems of the Surface? Oh, Welcome man. back to Apple's proprietary uh, walled garden. <laughs> Isn't it nice in here? <laughs> it's so glorious. I don't know why I ever left. Um, I. The one port, so to address that specifically, um, has not been an issue for me at all. Um, Have we, you hooked anything into it besides the power cable? No, just not the power once. cable. And we did buy the um, uh, adapter. Yes, is that what it's called? the USB adapter. So you can hook, because it's a, for those who don't know, USB C is a different. It's new the port. little small USB C. And so if you have a normal USB device, which by. I don't, I don't forget the technical term. Who cares? Yeah. Um, no, for regular people, normal <laughs> USB doesn't fit into this. You need an adapter, which yes. is a, a joke about Apple devices all the time. But yeah, so we did. We preemptively bought that adapter um, because there are times at work when I might need to like get something off of somebody else's flash drive that's regular USB, or if I ever wanted to like plug in a mouse or something. Um, it was a cheap little adapter, and it was just easy to pick up. But I actually haven't used it at all yet. Um, it was just a safety net so that when that day came, when you're yes, like, oh, my God, I need to plug into print. Out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. I think I actually, maybe I have used it to plug into print here at home. Um, because I'm lazy and haven't fixed our wireless printer. Because you haven't printer. fixed our wireless printer. <laughs> um, yeah, so the the one port thing honestly hasn't even been an issue. I didn't think about it till you brought it up. In preparing for this podcast, <laughs> um, I I just love it so much. It's obviously easy to use on my laptop. On my laptop, oh my <laughs> on goodness! On top of your work laptop, <laughs> um, it's easy to use on my lap. Uh, it's easy to use, kind of no matter where I'm sitting on the couch. It's much easier to do work at home on the couch. Has um, it felt like? Because so 
techie people that are obsessed with specs note that the the internals of this machine are not like pro level laptop like it's okay. not you're not going to edit video 4k footage on this thing sure and has it felt in your the way you use the laptop does it feel slow is it laggy does yeah. it keep up with you yeah, it definitely keeps up. So, I mean, the things that I do are made mainly cloud and internet-based word processing email um, is kind of where I spend my time. And I, I remember coming home the first or second day kind of back at work after the laptop saying like, oh my gosh, like, babe, this is so fast. It's like, <laughs> it's amazing. I just want to do work on it all of the time. And you were like, well, that's interesting because it's slower than so the Surface. <laughs> the Surface has beefier specs than this MacBook. So I just find that really interesting that yeah. the actual user experience was better on the MacBook. Admittedly, we're in subjective territory, sure, but it didn't, it felt like it was ready to go when you needed it to be. Yeah. It's it's always ready to go. I can switch back and forth between programs and docs and yeah, it's really great. Um I can use it on my lap. It is insanely light. Like I <laughs> I I mean, I'm someone who obviously I carry this around all of the time. It is always in my like work bag and it fits I fits in small purses too. I forget <laughs> that it's there. Like I have to double check, do I have my like work huge portfolio folder of printed stuff and do I have my laptop because I can't feel that it's in there. Um, so that's awesome. And the other thing is the keyboard. Yeah. This has been controversial too. What's your take Why? on the keyboard? What, what's been controversial about it? People, some people don't like it. They think it feels strange. They're, um, they, they're used to deeper keys that, that move more when you type. Okay. So that it's super thin and it's like the new way that they've done keyboards, some yeah. sort of pushing mechanism. <laughs> yeah. So the, I mean, Apple describes it as butterfly instead of scissor. Yeah. And uh, they're, you know, they're market, this is their marketing, but um, they describe it as no matter, even if you tap the corner of the key, it kind of mm-hmm. moves consistently downward instead of like when I use their older keyboards, you, you press the corner, it kind of tips a lot. Right. Into that corner. Yeah. I don't know that that's a problem, but they fixed it. <laughs> yeah. It, um, this keyboard is really satisfying to type on. Um, I know. I mean, we got it right before Christmas. And so then I was off work for two weeks and I was like trying to come up with reasons that I needed to type on my keyboard now. <laughs> you know, I'm like, oh, maybe I could type this up or I'll, instead of writing this down, I'll just go type it up just to like try it out so again. This is like the opposite of concern. You like typing. I up. like it. Yeah. It's, it's just, there's something really satisfying about it. <laughs> Even though they're thin and they don't move as much, whatever. I don't know. <laughs> Interesting. And I think famously Apple has shipped their their new magic keyboard for desktops. Is Even you'd think on a desktop you don't have to make it thinner because we're not putting this in a bag. But <laughs> Apple made that thinner too because they're Apple and Why they not? always do that. Um, has anyone at work been like, well, what the hell is that thing? <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. Um, and the other kind of thing that we joked about when when this was being purchased is that it's gold. <laughs> we got the gold one and it feels very flashy um but it's beautiful <laughs> and I love it and it's just so shiny. Um I've had uh so a a co-worker, a coworker whose office is right next to mine um 
I was typing on my work stuff, but I had this laptop just sitting on my desk ready to like grab it for a meeting outside of my office. And so it was just sitting there like shining in all of its glory. And she walked past my office, like said hi to me and then walked like backtracked back <laughs> into my doorway and was like, oh, excuse me. Like lean backwards. <laughs> yes. It was like a very far lean back. What is that beautiful thing <laughs> on your desk? And so, you know, she had to come in and check it out and... And pick she, it up. You got to pick it up. She actually infamously would not hold it um, <laughs> because she didn't want to be even more jealous than she was. <laughs> and so she refused to hold it. Um, and then uh, Polly, my co-host on our Sunrise Robot show, um, saw it when we were recording the other week. And then the very next day, like in the middle of the workday, just texted me saying, I'm thinking about your laptop. <laughs> So I think it's it's inspiring a little bit of jealousy, and, and a few people have asked about it. And no one has been like, oh, it's only got one port? Uh, <laughs> Is that just confined to comments no, on the internet where yeah. people are snarky? No, no one in the real life of my day has asked about the one port. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. So it's... It's quite enjoyable. Thank you. Well, you. Just hearing you glow about it is making me jealous. Now I want one. <laughs> you don't need one. I know. I have so you many. You have so many other I got toys. the iPad Pro. Yeah. And when you were talking about taking handwritten notes, I was like, oh, you should have an iPad Pro. Well, right, I mean, we went through this whole discussion because when you got the iPad Pro, um, I was insanely jealous of how beautiful the handwriting <laughs> could be. Um because it just, keeps up with your handwriting. It keeps up. It's so responsive. It's so accurate to your hand that I really thought that I could make that work. And I was trying in every lap, like man. every <laughs> ounce of my body wanted to figure a way to make the iPad Pro work, but it comes down to the fact that it's just not stable for the actual work that I need to yeah, do even, on even my lap. Even with, with their $170 keyboard, it's going to be more like the surface on your lap than yeah. a laptop. Yeah. And you can tip the angle. Like. Right, right. I just couldn't, like, the reason why I needed to switch from the surface, I couldn't then justify just going to something else that had the same problem. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, I wanted this, but I wasn't solving my problem. Right, <laughs> Which right. you can recognize are two different things going on. Yeah, so I do, I mean, I do miss the touch screen of the surface. I do miss the handwriting. Yeah, have you tapped the, your screen accidentally? I can't even tell you how many times. <laughs> <laughs> See, the thing with the surface that got me is... Uh, you know, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to reach out gorilla arm style to tap things. Mm -hmm. But if it's on a desk or even on my lap, the the pose I got used to was my arm resting on my lap or table, and then using your thumb yep. to scroll the browser up and yeah. down. That seemed natural because you're not straining your arm, and it's just yeah, it's somehow just right more, in, more not intuitive. I hate that word, but yeah. more direct feeling than. The trackpad, but right. then again, when you're on a Mac, the trackpad is so good you don't yeah. miss it as much. Yeah, I do. I find myself touching the screen, and then I just play it off as if there was something on the screen I needed to wipe well, off. Well, I needed a fingerprint here. <laughs> I'm like, oh, look at that smudge! I'll wipe it off with my finger. <laughs> um, one last MacBook question. Yes, I think you used it on a plane. Any comments there on? <gasps> It's usability in oh. a cramped plane context. This could not be a more... I know I'm just sounding like an advertisement, and I'd <laughs> apologize, but no, because it's awesome. Um, this is the perfect size for a plane. Um, so we were... 
uh, we were flying Frontier, who notoriously has these new little like quarter size trays now that fit. Oh yeah, they fit God. maybe the size of one drink and one little snack on them, but that's it. And that little shelf was enough to stabilize the laptop so that I could get some work done, even using that. And you still had enough arm room. Like Mm -hmm. my problem, I mean, I'm a huge person, so that's always a problem on planes. (laughs) But the laptops I have, like the screen would have to be tipped forward halfway just to fit under the seat of the person leaning back in front of me. And then like I feel like I'm like uh, a T-Rex trying to type (laughs) um, because the thing's pressed up against my chest. You felt like you could extend your arms enough to not cramp Yeah, and I, I mean, I could use it on my lap like that or on the tray table. And I watched movies with the other port, a headphone. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I've watched movies on it and and did all of that. So it's it works pretty well in most places I have tried it. Interesting. Yeah. Well, you've sold me and probably sold every flipping table. No, <laughs> probably not. Um, but if we haven't sold you, we do have a Surface that's for sale. <laughs> very very true let us know if you're interested it's got the type cover the pen it's in perfect condition we just don't need it it's got a case and uh yeah like 600 would we'd we'd go for that yeah let us know reach out (laughs) uh all right well thank you so much for listening to episode 101 of flipping tables we're in the three-digit territory just feels good congrats Thank you so much for for ringing in the second three-digit episode. (laughs) Um, You can find show notes and links to all these things we talked about at sunriserobot.net slash flipping table slash 101. And, uh, you know, while you're there, you should subscribe and use your your favorite podcatcher. We use pod... What's it called? Overcast.fm Overcast. <laughs> on our iPhones. Or if you're on Android, you can use Pocket Cast or Podcast Addict. They're great options for subscribing to podcasts. That way you get a new Flipping Tables episode every week. Automatically, the robot does it for you. You don't have to think about it. Robots. And uh, so definitely do that. Um, me and David Lyons and Shelby love feedback. <laughs> so uh, we're, we're all on Twitter. And uh, I actually have a new Twitter handle now. So I, I switched to Pseudo Michael, which is spelled differently than most of my pseudo michael things so this is s-u-d-o michael which is a for computer geeks could be a pun on a command you do as a super user super user do um if you're using the terminal no one cares about that but pseudo michael (laughs) is my new twitter name so you shouldn't have to do anything uh but send me comments shelby what's your twitter handle at shelby elizabeth and uh, you can also find Shelby on the the other Sunrise Robot show, Likely Story, yes. which she co-hosts with Polly Kyle. Yes. And uh, they, they release every other week, so definitely check out their show while you're at it. Um, you can support us directly on patreon.com slash sunrise robot. And uh, depending on your level of donation, you will uh, get your name shouted out at the end of some or all sunrise robot shows and get your name on our website. Pretty fancy. It's like getting your name in the end credits of Lord of the Rings if you did that once upon a time <laughs> by, subs- by not subscribing, but paying them money. <laughs> That's basically it. You're paying for your name. And with that, we want to give special thanks to Matt Mariner, Sean Byrne, Benji Robinson, Conversation. UI Cunningham and Carolyn Kraut. Thank you so much. We'll see you next week. Thanks.